of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. The Oscar-winning film editor, Thelma Schoonmaker, once said, Editing is really like plumbing a good deal of the time. You put two things together, and a current runs through it. It's a lovely quote that captures the magic and the craft of editing. Compare that to my producer, Chris, who once said, Editing's a pain in the ass." You can tell he hasn't won any Oscars. Potty mouth. Thelma Shoemaker also said, It's part of your job always as an editor. You always have to drop stuff. And that's the subject of today's episode, The Drop Stuff. Naturally, when putting an episode together, there's a lot of content we don't need to include in the final episode. I mean, no one needs to hear me talk about what I had for breakfast, for example. Porridge with blueberries and uh, a banana. Healthy. Trying to be healthy. I'm 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 interchanging between porridge and that, or an omelette with no bread. Cut out bread at the moment. I'm at that age in life. I can feel this fleshy neck hammock just popping out under my chin, and it's not good. Oh dear. (laughs) The omelette—that's interesting. That's a. Isn't that quite a lot of work? Well, not really. Well, what do you have in it? I uh, a mixture of diced vegetables. Okay. uh, And then. Cheese. Yeah, cheese. That'll help me lose the pounds. Well done, Tom. Fortunately, this is the type of thing that gets cut from the episodes. No one needs to hear about my fleshy neck hammock. However, all too often, we do end up having to cut some fun and interesting stuff due to time restraints. So for this episode, we thought we'd sweep up the dusty tape from the cutting room floor and shove it in your ears. It's a Bad Manners Mini Stories Special. Ghost stories are always a hit on this podcast, so we're going to start with one. I should probably play something from one of our contributors, but I've been practising self-love recently, so I'm going to put myself first. Here's a story I told Jake during our Oakley Court episode. That would be a really good boyfriend tri- trick. If you wanted to like treat your other half to a nice weekend but didn't have the money, then just book out, look up the haunted rooms in a manor house, go and then just complain and say, well, I, we were having a lovely time, but then this, this pale Edwardian boy showed up at 3.30 in the morning and I demand a full refund. Well, look, I guess it happens. Have you ever seen a ghost, Tom? Is it something that's happened to you? Uh, uh, ooh. Well, I did have an experience uh, when living in the tower. So in my bedroom, uh, my bedroom was a, a cell back in the day. And it was, there was a woman called Arabella Stewart, who was like a great niece of Henry VIII or someone. And they'd been trying to marry her off, but she'd been 
playing hard to get okay. and not not going for any of the, uh, of the boys that Henry wanted. Then she fell in love with, um, I can't remember his bloody name. I think he was French. As, you know, they're a sexy race, aren't they? And, but so they had like this affair behind the king's back. So when he found out about it, um, he locked them in the Tower of London. Then they tried to escape by, they both cross-dressed, like, so she was male and he was female. But as they were escaping, they got to the channel, uh, the English channel. He made it over the other side and she got found out. So she got taken back to the Tower of London and then basically refused to eat or drink, became very ill and then uh, died of a broken heart and starvation. In the very in, room. In my bedroom. Wow. And there is a picture of her on the wall in my bedroom. No way. And yeah. And so in the first days of me sleeping in the room, it was one of those paintings where the eyes follow you around the room. So, I mean, talk about... You, you, you didn't know. want to redecorate now. I was a single man at the time as well. It was a very much a buzzkill. Um, and so I took the painting down and put it behind the fireplace. Um, but when I took the painting down, I instantly became very ill and couldn't eat or drink. Wow. Yeah. And I think I got the same illness that she had. And it was only when I put the painting back on the wall that I got better. Wow, that's something. That's something, it's isn't it? It's a good it? diet plan. It's a very... Yeah, that's it. If yeah. you ever want to just uh, lose a few kg... Yeah, exactly. Take down the take haunted down the painting. painting. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was a room that had an energy to it. Yeah. And it was her room. It was definitely... And that's the thing that happened. So make of that what you will. But that is what... That that was my ghost experience. Incredible. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's a good story. That's a good story. Would yeah. you like it? That's episode three done. Thanks, guys. Seal of approval from the crew there. That's what we like to hear. They're a good bunch. Despite beating me whenever I fluff my lines, they do actually look after me, you know. Should we, should we just take a second? Yeah, do you want, does anyone want a, a can I go drink? The, can I go yeah, the, of course, yeah, yeah. I'd love a bathroom and a coffee. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same in coffee again, Tom. Yes, please. Yeah, can Are I get you sure? a thing, Jake? One thing you should know about Bad Manners is it's fueled by coffee. This sort of thing happens every 10 to 15 minutes, as stipulated in my contract. We're going to stick with ghosts for our next clip, because in our Scottish Castles episode, comedian Eleanor Morton told us all about Edinburgh's spooky side, including the ghosts of dead children that had been sent underground with instruments to see how far the tunnels went. It seems to be a recurring theme throughout history. If in doubt, shove a kid in it. Anyway, Eleanor was such a great guest with so many fun stories that we couldn't fit them all into one episode. So just in case you were wondering what time pirates go to bed... Here's Eleanor. Edinburgh Castle's a weird one because when you compare it to something like the Tower of London, which is chocker with ghosts, mm-hmm. I don't really know how you moved around in there actually without bumping into well, them you all. Walk, you can walk through them. That's very easy. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. No, <laughs> forgot how ghosts work. Um, Edinburgh Castle's weirdly, considering how many horrible things have happened there, it's weirdly sparse on ghost stories specifically. It's meant to be haunted by the prisoners who were kept there at various times. So a whole bunch of different prisoners. Uh, pirates were kept there. Just kind oh, of fun. Tell me, tell me about some pirates. Yeah, Captain Bart, his men were kept there. So Black Bart was a pirate during the sort of golden age of piracy, mm-hmm. um, i.e. the Pirates of the Caribbean pirate times. and uh, um, Rather than 90s with DVDs. Yeah, or, or Somali pirates. Um, <laughs> it's a bit more a bit more historic than that. And uh, he had a fun flag as well. He had, he had a f- several flags. He had one that was like a man toasting a skeleton. And then he had one that was him 
holding a sword, a flaming sword and standing on two skulls, which is <laughs> puts out a message, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it does. You know what you know what you're getting. And then the and then he had one he obviously liked redesigning these, and then he had one that was a skeleton and a and a heart with an arrow piercing it, which oh. I guess means He's he's heartbroken. He's split up with someone. I'm not sure. So, um, um, do you reckon the idea was is that just sailing around whatever sort of mood he was in? He'd stick a flag up, kind of like a Facebook status. <laughs> he just put up a certain flag. Yeah. And go, oh God, YOLO. It's just me and my crew now. I don't need all these snakes and liars. It's just me, best bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Sort of changes relationship status with his flag. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's complicated. Two flaming skulls. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I think he died in battle and then his pirates were obviously captured by the British army and for whatever reason they ended up in Edinburgh Castle, which is fun. And there have been reports of noises, very non-specific noises and things. You can you can still go into where the barracks were and the and the prison bit and it's quite atmospheric because they also kept Napoleonic prisoners of war there. So from, you know, the French French wars. There are POWs down in the yeah, there's a lot of them, yeah, from all sorts of different places. So, you know, it's, it's a bit cultured, it's a bit fun. Um, I, imagine, I imagine all their relationship statuses would have been single by that time. Actually, there must have been quite a lot of homosexuality between oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. people. I mean, what else are you going to do? No, no, 100%. In fact, they even, had, they even had rules about it because, you know, they had to make sure everyone sort of... Pirate rules. Pirate, they had pirate rules, yeah, pirates had rules. They're being gay. Pi- pirates used to go to bed at like 8pm. What? Mm, that's true, yeah. Because really? they didn't, yeah. Because it would, um, they didn't want to waste, uh, waste oil lamp. So you could stay up. Oh. You could, you were allowed to stay up, but the, all the lights would be put out, and you could, you'd have to sort of sit in the dark. So they went to bed super early. They were very refreshed pirates. They definitely weren't going to bed so they could get a rigorous skincare routine before they hit the hay, <laughs> were they? It wasn't like, oh, no, I need my keel exfoliation moisturizer. It needs, um, no, it was. Uh, I need to go and sit in my hammock and think about the fact that. I'm coming in lice. <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was full of pirates, it was full of soldiers, it was full of different kings and queens and invaders. I wonder, I wonder if like you know how like in all those sort of jail prison movies where you mm. go into the canteen mm. and they've all got their little tables. <laughs> I like a mean like, oh, don't sit on that table, that's the pirate table. <laughs> oh there, no, that's the king's table. <laughs> that's the Napoleonic soldiers' table. Yeah. We don't mix, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would have been you can fun. Sit over here if you want. Who are you? Oh, we're the dead kid orchestra. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just sort of sad children. Fair um enough. But there are a lot of ghost stories surrounding Edinburgh Castle because it's sort of this it's at the top of the mile. So yeah, you've go got on. the Wizard of the West Bow is quite a fun one that is just Sounds good. Yeah, Wizard of the West Bow. I'm already Wizard in. of the West Bow. So it's now Victoria Street, which is you kind of see it in lots of Instagram posts. It's very um, picturesque, lots of like colourful shops and it's sort of... Is that the curvy one? That yeah, that's the, the one, yeah. Market? Yeah, I know. It. Yeah, yeah. So it used to be called the West Bow and it used to be slightly different, but one of the houses that was there in the sort of 16th century was owned by a guy called Major Weir, who was, I guess, a major, but he was also renowned to be a, a dark wizard and uh, a, a necromancer and a, a ne'er-do-well. Oh. And um, his sister who was called something like Griselda, something very weird and sort of fairy tale-ish. They were meant to have performed all these black arts things and the people of Edinburgh. together. mm, Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit Mm. mm, dubious. Um, (laughs) The people of Edinburgh got sick of them and they put them both to death. I think they burnt them at the stake and apparently Major Weir's staff, his magical staff that he carried around, leapt out of the fire and wriggled around and stuff. It's all very exciting. Um, so they burnt him with his stick. With they burnt his staff. him with his stick. Yeah, 
yeah, because it was a, a magic stick, I guess, and they didn't want to get rid of it. And now you're meant to sort of, okay, meant to see on a quiet moonlit night, you're meant to hear his carriage going down Victoria Street, just under the castle, and disappearing into the night. Do you have a specific like thing, like a story about what he did? I think it's all pretty vague, but it was sort of potential incest and black magic. So, you know, not a great yeah. combination. No one no. likes that. Incest seems over the years to have been something that if, if you did that, you are definitely getting burnt. Yeah. And I think sometimes the legend says his carriage is chased by the devil and he's trying to escape hell or something very <laughs> dramatic like that. It's exciting. Oh, I see. Right. Oh, so yeah. the carriage is right. Rather than just he's forgotten to pick him up. Yeah, on, yeah. On the yeah. way to somewhere. And the devil's like, oi, I booked you. <laughs> it's like a really inconvenient Uber. Yeah. No, no, he's escaping the devil's clutches. Oh, so. wow. They burnt his sister as well, I'm assuming. They did, yes. They did. They did. They, Together they or weren't... separate piles? Oh, I don't know. I think maybe separately. I reckon yeah, separate. They, they, they trying, burnt a f- trying to get those two apart was difficult enough. <laughs> they burnt quite a few people in Edinburgh Castle. Um Janet Douglas was a quite famous sort of noble woman who was who was burnt as a witch, which was pretty unprecedented, really. Like you know, you didn't normally burn members of the aristocracy. Wow, what, why was she? What was she doing? That made well, me go- people said she was doing witchcraft, but actually, it was probably trying to get her out of the way because she was opposed the current king or the sort of political setup. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So it, was all, it all seems like a bit of an excuse, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, we don't like yeah. this woman. She's a witch. Yeah, basically. And then, yeah, so the, that bit of the castle where they have the tattoo now would have been where they used to set ladies on fire. Edinburgh was very bloodthirsty and mm. we uh, we loved a good a good hanging or a good burning. Yeah, it was the original Edinburgh Fringe. It really was, yeah. It was good, but she didn't scream enough. Three stars. It reads like a four. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Morton there with stories of pirates, wizards and incest. Incest is another recurring theme I've noticed while making bad manners. It seems to have been all the rage in ye olden times. I guess that's what happens when you're horny but there's no internet. It's also why they don't put siblings in the Big Brother house. Too dangerous. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Now, we've all disappointed our parents at some stage, haven't we? I mean, I'm a comedian for crying out loud. When I told my dad I wanted to do stand-up, his response was, ironically, I hope you're joking. But that's nothing compared to this story from Ripley Castle, which takes place during the largest battle of the Civil War. The Inglebys at Ripley were Royalist Cavaliers, i.e. not fans of Oliver Cromwell and his roundheads. While the Battle of Marsden Moor was raging nearby, one man was given a task by his father in one of the best you-had-one-job stories you'll ever hear. Who is this man? Well, this is um, Sir William of Marsden Moor's son, who, because he is undoubtedly the ugliest of the 20-something generations to date, we call William the Ugly to distinguish him from all the others. He, he wouldn't have known about that nickname back in the day, would he? No, he wouldn't. No. No, oh, this is entirely of our making. <laughs> and um, he was a, a, a misfit, really, because he was a great supporter of Oliver Cromwell, and he's dressed in black and white, very formal Puritan attire, reading the Bible, opened his page in Genesis, and hideously ugly, it has to be said. Yeah, he's really not is. good. And he'd already fallen foul of his father, who, appreciating his rebel leanings, as he described him, had instructed him to stay at Ripley while this battle was fought at Master Moor. And he was to look after the castle, look after the family, and look after the family fortune. And if danger threatened too close, he was to set off with the family fortune, which they'd already packed up, ready to go, to the king's garrison at York, which was still holding out. And for whatever reason, William the Ugly left it far too late to do anything. And he set off for York and got the fortune captured by the rebels halfway down Knaresborough High Street. And his father, by that time, was in Durham with the king and wrote his son the most blistering letter when he heard uh, <laughs> Can how much... He'd lost something like three-quarters of a million by today's standards. Ooh. So he had every right to be thoroughly irate. He's not got much going for him, this guy, has he? No. <laughs> but he, he said, yeah, if I ever get home, I strongly intend to disinherit you because I suspect you've done this on purpose. He yeah, thought he was a rebel. He, he yeah, he did. Well, I mean, he quite aptly does have quite a round head. <laughs> Eyes a bit too close together. Very close together, eyes. And anyway, this this lesson goes on. In future, you will obey your God, your king, and your father, and not necessarily in that order. And um, you're unworthy to be called my son. And the, the letter is signed, Your loving father, William Ingleby. Talk about mixed messages. You've lost the entire family fortune, you complete moron. If I ever see you again, I'll disown you. You're unworthy to be called my son. Lots of love, Dad. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Poor William. That's got to be tough to hear, especially from your dad. I don't care how ugly you are. No one deserves that. Mind you, I've seen the painting. He was ugly. Speaking of paintings, here's something from our Hokum Hall episode. The man who built Hokum, Thomas Cook... First Earl of Leicester had paintings commissioned into which he had himself inserted. Sort of like the original Where's Wally. So I couldn't help but ask Catherine, Hokum's collection coordinator, this question. If you could uh, put yourself in any painting, what, what painting would you put yourself in? Oh, 
any painting. Any painting. I'm thinking like, you know, you could just like superimpose yourself behind the Mona Lisa just <laughs> holding your nose. So it does look like she's just mm -hmm. broken wind. And that's why she's smiling. <laughs> so in the Louvre, there is a portrait of, um, it's called The Death of Mara, who was a French revolutionary. And he's sort of, he was killed in his bath. And so he's, he's lying very dramatically half out of his bath. <laughs> I think it'd be quite fun to be on the other side, just, you know, with your rubber duck and your back brush. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> with your toe in the faucet, yeah. just kicking around. <laughs> And if any listeners with Photoshop skills want to superimpose me into a bath with Mara, the Bad Manners DMs are open. Sticking with Hokum, the story of Lady Jane Digby was inspirational. She started riding horses at Hokum and ended up riding camels in the desert. Lucy Purvis summed up her life for us in our second Hokum episode. So just to sum up this woman's life, I'm St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. She's arrived in heaven. Right, so we're going to go through all the stats, Lady Jane Digby. We're going to have a look through your life. Just list me off how many kings, how many princes. Let's go through the whole, the whole list. We've got two kings. Two kings. We've got a prince. prince. We've got a baron. Um, we've got a count. We've got two barons, in fact. Mm. We've got a, a lord. We've got a number of other people I'd rather not go into. Well, what? And we've got... What, 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 why? <laughs> were they, were, were they, were they, did they not have a title? Is that what's embarrassing? I think there's more that she's probably slept with that we just don't know about. There was just flings here and there, just, you know, short affairs, sure. including a librarian at Holcomb. So. What? A librarian? <laughs> a librarian, Skip, well, yes. Well, tell us this one. Who's the librarian? <laughs> the librarian is uh, Frederick Madden, <laughs> who was one of her first earliest affairs, actually. Um, in 1827, he'd been brought to Holcomb to catalogue the amazing collection of manuscripts mm -hmm. that had been collected by Thomas Cook, the bond that built the house. And he described Jane as the most beautiful woman in the world. And then he writes in his diary one night, Lady Ellenborough, which was, was her first married name, lingered behind the rest of the party. And at midnight, I escorted her to her room, fool that I was. I will not add what passed. Gracious God, was there ever such fortune? Yeah, they're getting down. They're doing, they doing stuff. They're keeping it on the down low. She starts moaning and he, classic librarian, shh, keep, keep the noise down. Let me introduce you to my Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> this is the pop-up section. Sorry, it's, it's all innuendo. So she banged a librarian. Library, it's a king. Amazing. Yeah. Lady Jane in the library. <laughs> with the, <laughs> She stayed behind as well. That's what I quite like about her. She really like, she knows what she wants and she gets it. She's gone, oh, exactly. I like you. Right, just go back and chill. Because he clearly, when he said, just listen to that, that diary entry, he clearly was led. Yes, he was led. And then he wrote later in the sort of 1850s, I wonder whatever happened to her. So although there was this scandal... It didn't get into the librarian world. Not sure what Lucy is referring to when she says the librarian world. I can only assume it's some sort of geeky theme park, like Alton Towers, but with more books. Incidentally, I'm sure she'd get through the pearly gates. She sounds like a legend. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. And speaking of legends, producers Bex and Chris join me for our Halloween spooktacular back in October, where we heard your real-life ghost stories. We received so many terrifying tales from you guys that we had to lose some for the final episode, but here they are, as if back from the dead. Over to you, producer Bex. I think it's time for another voice note. Um, should we have this one from Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Hi. So this happened about seven years ago when I was teaching creative writing to adults for Birmingham City Council. And one of the buildings that I needed to teach at was an old school that was no longer used for a school for children. And it was like a really weird layout. I think it's been closed down, demolished now, but it was um, kind of like a horseshoe building. Only one floor. It didn't have stairs or anything like that, but it was just a very strange building. So one day I was in there after class, getting all my stuff ready. And the caretaker opened the door and went, oh, you okay? You're right, Rachel. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You okay? He was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll see you later then. I'll, I'll wrap up in a minute. And he was like, okay. And that was it. Fine. The next week when I arrived, the receptionist said, Rachel, do you have a moment? And she said, can I ask you, do you ever ask for help? Um, and obviously my first instinct was she's offering to help me with my printing and everything. And I said, you know what? I'm actually, I am quite busy. So if you had any capacity to help, that'd be amazing. And she said, no. I mean spiritually. And I said, I'm not really sure what you mean. And she said, well, I don't want to upset you. But last week, the caretaker opened the door when you're in the computer room. And there was a man standing behind you. And when he opened the door, the man turned to look at him. And he was like really scared. And then the caretaker came in. And he was like really pale. And was saying, you know, I don't. I don't believe in this kind of thing. This has really shaken me up. I'm really upset by it. And I was like, well, how do you think I feel? Um, anyway, I had to go then into the computer room to do my work before the class. And I've got to say, I was so freaked out. And then thankfully, the whole school closed down anyway, so we were moved. But um, yeah, I wasn't able to teach there properly again, feeling comfortable, because he said there was a man behind me watching what I was doing. I got actual shivers with that one. Did you? Oh, yeah? Yeah. What, what? With the man 
turning to look at him, just she's completely unaware that there's just a presence behind her. It's the eye contact again. It's the eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want eye contact. <laughs> I like how they shut the entire school down because it, that was yeah. quite drastic, isn't it? I don't it? think quite it was because of the ghost. I think it was because of the yeah, ghost. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One man's looked at someone. <laughs> shut it all down. It's too much. What? Don't want to rain on everyone's parade. Could he have seen his own reflection in a window? Like, could he have walked in and gone, oh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris, almost definitely. <laughs> But uh, but also no. Actually, they couldn't explain it, could they? No. No. So it's no. a ghost. It's definitely ghost. a ghost. Definitely yeah. ghost. Yeah. And our survey says <laughs> ghost. Hey, it's as good an excuse as any. You might be wondering why we've had so much ghost content on the show. Well, just about every property we visit has claimed to be haunted. What are you going to do? Not ask about it? I'd be burnt at the stake. But it's not just old properties and bad manners. Paranormal sightings have been on the rise since the pandemic. Why is that? To answer, here's the UK's go-to ghost guy and host of BBC's Uncanny podcast, Danny Robbins, with an explanation. Um, I, th- I think it's uh, it's interesting. I, th- I think it's probably a, a sort of different factors coming together. I think that you know we've lived through an unprecedented period in, in human history where we've spent all of our time in our houses for a, a really massive period. You know, during lockdown, we were just in our houses all the time. And you could argue that you know being in your house gives you more chance to kind of imagine being haunted by it, and you could also argue that it gives you more chance to actually be haunted by it. You you know, if there's ghosts in your house, you're you're, you're surrounded by them, but for far longer than you normally would be if you're just coming home after work i think uh, you know that you know we felt haunted during that period didn't we all all of us sort of felt haunted and oppressed by our houses you know we were cooped up in places that previously felt cozy and now felt claustrophobic so i think that's a big factor i mean i think very clearly as well we've been forced as you say into proximity with death in a way that we hadn't had to be for you know since the second world war you could say you know and i think you know we've had COVID, we've had uh, climate change, we've had war, we've had all these things reminding us that life is finite. And I think that's frightening. And I think, you know, we go looking for answers. And I think if you look back through history at the, you know, post Second World War, post First World War, you know, the 60s, you know, the era of kind of Vietnam and kind of so much sort of social change, you know, going right back to like Jacobean times, the time of witch trials and demons and plague and all these sort of things. You know, these are periods in history where we go looking for answers in within the supernatural. And I think when our world is most disordered, we go looking for another world outside of it, I think. That makes sense. It feels like it's more disordered than ever these days. No wonder we're seeing ghosts all over the place. I told Danny about my haunted lockdown experience in the Tower of London, but I'd forgotten to mention before the recording that I'd lived there for six years. So unsurprisingly, he was a little shocked when I casually dropped it into our conversation. Speaking of um, lockdown, pandemic, living, I actually, um, having just broken up with my girlfriend, I, I, I lived in the Tower of London for six years and I attempted, I attempted to do lockdown on my own inside the Tower of London. And uh, I think my, my, my haunting levels went up. I was, uh, I was surrounded by the ghost of Anne Boleyn and Lady Jane Grey and my previous relationship all, all at the same time. There's a lot to unpack here. What, 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 so you <laughs> lived in the Tower of London for six years, did you say? I did, yes, yeah. My father is the ex-head of the British military and then became the constable of the Tower of London. And so I was moving up to um, uh, London from Brighton and I had a choice of either paying 
several thousand pounds to rent a shoebox in Zone 6, or I could live in the historical palace for six years. So I lived in Queen's House. I lived in uh, wow. right next to the Bell Tower. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a crazy time of my life. This is utterly incredible. So um, I, I did a project for the Tower of London um, recently, a kind of year or so ago, where I, I did a, an immersive theatre show about the gunpowder plot that is still still running there. It's called the Gunpowder Plot Immersive. Oh, I, <laughs> I was meant to go on a date with a the girl there, but I overslept and missed it. Oh, no. Um, but apparently it's very good. <laughs> it, well, it is. It's, it's fun. It's fun. But the, working at the Tower was amazing. I mean, I, I absolutely loved and relished that kind of behind the scenes at the Tower. It's it's a building that totally fascinates me. I found myself watching um, some Channel 5 documentary about it recently as well, you know, watching like the Raven Master and things like that. Um, what, what a place to live. Is that what fuels your interest in this, you know, kind of exploring these buildings for this podcast? It's certainly what the producers, what got me in with the producers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and no, I mean, uh, I, I think... F- Historical buildings are just so fascinating, aren't they? And it's just the the houses that we live in. Just you know that whole phrase: "If these walls could speak," it's always that sort of uh, it's that sort of vibe. Yeah. If the walls on this podcast could talk, they'd be saying, "Get a wiggle on, Tom. We're running out of time." Fair enough. Time for me to shoot off. But before we go, we always like to get recommendations from you guys for where we should visit in future episodes. And Danny Uncanny Robbins gave us a good one. Do you have a favourite sort of building or old mansion or palace or castle? I mean, obviously you're you're staying at the Premier Inn now, so that's your favourite hotel chain. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, a truly haunt, haunting place. But um, <laughs> I, um, I well, you know, I I I love an old building. I mean, I, I've got all sorts of fondnesses. I mean, I, I'm a, f- a huge fan of Tower Bridge. I think that's an exquisite building. I, I love there's nice. a church at the top of Regent Street called um, uh, All Souls Church, um, which is mm. just next to. BBC next to Broadcasting House and it's got this very tall pointy roof it looks like a space rocket about to take off and I love that building um uh it's designed by the guy who who built a lot of Bath um I think he was called John Nash but um and um but uh, you know I I I went once went to Woodchester Mansion which some people will know which is meant to be one of the most haunted buildings in the country and it's a kind of amazing unfinished uh, mansion. It was a kind of gothic mansion designed by this guy, and he had these various workers working on it, and they were all scared off. They never ever finished building this mansion because every worker who, every builder who would come along would be terrified away and would leave. So this really? mansion is unfinished and it's now basically just a preserve of of ghost hunters. Really, you know, ghost hunters go and spend the night there, and I, I've spent the night there, and you know, bats fly around the the oh, attic. Wow. It's a incredibly evocative place with lo- loads of stories attached to it. Yeah, I don't know why I've got an image of a bunch of like burly blokes in hard hats <laughs> running for the hills from a from a tiny Elizabethan boy staring at them. Yeah. A sleepover in an unfinished haunted gothic mansion. Well, that sounds like a no-brainer if we get a second series. Time now for me to run for the hills. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember, you will obey your god, your king, and your father. And you're unworthy to be called my son. Lots of love, Tom. P.S. Mind your manners. Thanks for listening to Bad Manners. If you like the pod, please share it with your friends. Rate it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review and make sure you spill the tea on any of your favourite Bad Manners that we could feature in future episodes. This podcast was produced by Atomized Studios for iHeartRadio. It was hosted by me, Tom Horton. It was produced by Willa Malensky, Rebecca Rappaport, and Chris Attaway. 
It was executive produced by Faye Stewart and Zad Rogers. Our production manager is Caitlin Paramore and our production coordinator is Bella Salini. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it and that's what makes orlando unbelievably real plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.